March was arguably the busiest month for President Cyril Ramaphosa in his tenure as head of state. The outbreak of the novel coronavirus has thrown a spanner in the works, putting the whole country effectively at a standstill. Every other day, the president is putting out fires, some created unnecessarily by members of his own cabinet. I have seen the picture of uh, Minister Ndabeni Abrahams uh, sitting at the luncheon with a number of friends and other people. I have asked her to come and see me, so she's going to come and see me, and I'm going to have a discussion with her. Earlier this week, Communications Minister Stella Ndabeni Abrahams found herself in hot water. The minister was seen in a photograph having lunch with fellow comrade Nduduzi Manana, despite government's lockdown regulations ordering people to stay at home. The president quickly summoned her to a meeting where he expressed his disapproval. She has since been placed on special leave for two months, and one month is without pay. Fellow South Africans, I would like to convey an apology to President Cyril Ramaphosa, the National Command Centre, the South African society at large for breaching lockdown rules put in place to cap the spread of COVID-19. I met with the president yesterday after a photo was circulated on social media showing myself at the home of Mr. Mdudu's Manana during the lockdown and social distancing period. I regret the incident and I'm deeply sorry for my actions. I hope the president and you South Africans will find it in your hearts to forgive me. The president has put me on special leave I undertake to abide by the conditions of the law. I wish to use this opportunity to reiterate the President's call for all of us to observe the lockdown rules. They are a necessary intervention to keep the spread of a virus that has devastated many nations. I thank you. And that's where we find ourselves this week on this story, at the table of a lunch date gone wrong. I'm Rian Grobler, News24 Senior Desk Reporter, and I'll be anchoring this season of the show. You're listening to The Story. We'll speak to journalists and experts about the week's biggest story. This is what we saw, heard, and uncovered this week. I have on the line with me News24's senior politics reporter, Tsidi Madia. So, Tsidi, Stella is in hot water again. Are we surprised by the action taken by President Cyril Ramaphosa? If you look back, there was a period where President Jacob Zuma was asked to reprimand particular ministers, and there was a letter that he wrote saying, I reprimand the ministers mentioned in what, what, what report. So, we've never actually really seen action being taken against ministers. So, for the first time, really, in a very long time, South Africans are seeing a minister you know being summoned being called into the principal's office and being dealt with like like you're a child because you've behaved like a child so i think we are surprised to see action there's lots of debate about whether or not the action is sufficient but of course as we know she's been suspended for two months one month unpaid and the president's kind of left it in the air for law enforcement you know to pick up so maybe there'll be more action we definitely not used to seeing it we are slightly surprised that he's taken this much action against a minister uh like Stella so what was the minister's response after being sanctioned by the president? You know, um, so Stellan Dabeni Abrams is known as a really 
a relatively arrogant and cocky persona. You know, I've seen it interviews where she's really been arrogant and difficult to speak to. I think there's a video clip of her during the rounds from the government communications of her apology to the country, to the president for, for breaking the laws and, 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 and infringing on these regulations. And it's the first time you get a sense of humility, you know, like a dog with its tail between its legs that actually this person feels somewhat uh, remorseful. The question is, is it remorse because you got busted and called into the principal's office, i.e. the president? Or do you genuinely understand what you've done was wrong, going to go hang out with your friends, posing for pictures which found their way onto social media? So her response has been that she will adhere by what the president says. I must also point out, Rian, that she comes from the Eastern Cape, and the ANC in the Eastern Cape says they accept the apology. However, they also wanted to go to them and explain herself as to what was she thinking what made her go to go have lunch with her friend and ignore rules of a government she represents in this fight against COVID-19. Now, this is not the first time that the minister has found herself in hot water and there's a growing impression that the minister is one of President Cyril Ramaphosa's favourites and therefore is untouchable. Why is this? Yeah, that impression is, is has consistently been there even when she was appointed i mean i recall when she was appointed opposition parties were happy she's young you know she's fierce she comes from the history of the nc youth league so from that perspective she had kind of earned her stripes within the party structure she was also a former deputy minister of communications so looking at those factors one assumes that she would be a pick but over and above that rian Stella Ndaveni is somebody who was one of the most loudest voices campaigning for Cyril Ramaphosa to become ANC president. She was once upon a time seen as a Zuma person. She made a very quick switch in the lead up to 2017, was an incredibly vocal vocal um, advocate of having Ramaphosa take over. The Eastern Cape, as you know, damn near gave its entire province to Cyril Ramaphosa. They nominated him. They were 100% behind him. They remain a really strong uh, force or alliance as far as ANC structures are concerned for Ramaphosa and there's this, this rapport between Ramaphosa and Stella Ndabene and you kind of see it from a mile away so their relationship has kind of always been well known an open one they seem to really like each other she's a strong force in his corner so because of all those things one assumes that she's a favorite I think amongst many other things and she's failed him she's failed him time in memoriam you know it was embarrassing when in the Eastern Cape uh, at, an, at a government event when people protesting about the ANC the communications minister who oversees the South African Broadcasting Corporation then blocks the SABC from from documenting what was happening. That says a lot in a democracy when a communications minister is the person who steps into censure, uh, a freedom of, of, of media and communication. So she's been that character. And I think you might also remember that ENCA interview where she was incredibly cocky, very arrogant, dismissing a question from the anchor around her trips to Switzerland, not understanding that Geneva is in Switzerland and is often in the wrong, but she never learns from it. That's what's strange about it, is that, yes, you are young, people welcome that, you are seen to be in the president's corner, that's fantastic, but you make these errors. I mean, there was a time where her house was on fire. You want to feel sorry for someone like that, but she then turns her attention to attacking the media for documenting the story. So very often she's found on the wrong side, particularly considering that she is a communications minister. One hopes that the person who plays that role understands the need for journalists and understands the need for free media and the importance of protecting 
its ability to do its job at all times. And the comms minister in our country is often found wanting in how she deals with the media and how she understands the role of the media, particularly the broadcast, uh, the public broadcaster. So given all of this, do you think she may have overplayed her hand a little bit and this could be a catalyst for a possible cabinet reshuffle? That's an interesting question because conversations around a cabinet reshuffle have been happening for so long. Obviously, the current cabinet is one that was appointed only last year. I think they've been on the job for, what, 10 months or so? They're appointed following the elections. But there's been conversations about whether or not a cabinet reshuffle is imminent. And I think that Dylan Davini has made herself a definite liability. Her actions have been questionable and I think he's been able to defend them. Even as president, you know, as human error, arguing that she's relatively young, so you forgive people who are learning on the job. But she's made herself a liability where she's come out when he's facing a disaster, when he's facing really an avalanche in what could potentially go wrong as far as COVID-19 is concerned in the country. And she is the person who then comes in and undermines his messaging. I do know, Rian, uh, in 2019, he wasn't necessarily happy from what I'd heard in ANC circles. He wasn't necessarily 100% in favor of her returning to cabinet because she had already shown herself to be a concerning figure, even before the elections in 2019. And I know that her province, Eastern Cape, uh, lobbied for her. They lobbied quite fiercely to have her return to cabinet. And he gave them that. You know, this is, this is a province that's a firm ally of the president. He gave them that. She, he allowed her back into cabinet. And what does she do with it? At the most critical time where you're trying to get the country to listen to you, what does she do? She undermines him in such a spectacular manner, humiliates the president. So if there is to be a cabinet reshuffle, I don't see her making a comeback. I think she has overplayed her hand. Now, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Ndudu Manana in all of this. What are people inside of the ANC saying? Ndujuzi Manana is an interesting figure because he's also almost like Estela, you know, once had it all, was on a trajectory way towards the top, way towards the top rather, until of course that um, incident at Cubana where he beat up young women at the club. I think Ndujuzi Manana is in a difficult position in that he's seeking relevance and that's the sentiment you get when you speak to his comrades. Some people in the ANC still see him from time to time, of course, this is before the lockdown and they'll say to you, what do you guys want? He's done and out he's lonely so he remains a comrade so we do see him he has paid his dues he's done a lot of wrong has and has come out and taken responsibility but i think that he's also reminded the country if nothing else of why he doesn't deserve to continue leading you know his lack of judgment in the entire saga, his inability to comp- to put together a comprehensive response as to what actually transpired, the back and forth, that tells you that Ndudu remains that person. I think about an opinion piece our colleague Monty Makanya at City Press penned, speaking about the li- young lions who failed to grow up. These are people who are crying for generational mix in leadership, and they continue to behave in such a manner. So you can't help but look at a character like Ndudu and say, actually he deserved to remain on the fringes of politics. He might be a National Executive Committee member of the ANC, but he has no place in government nor in the National Assembly. So in closing, TD, what is your final take on all of this? It'll be interesting to see how politics is reshaped by COVID-19 and how certain people behaved. You know, some people buried themselves through their own actions. And I think the argument around whether or not young people are ready to lead becomes an even greater, more urgent conversation. And I think that while society needs to look at young people in question 
who is ready to lead and what we need in, 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 in our leadership as a country. The ANC needs to have that conversation more urgently than ever before. They started a political school where they're worried about the, the quality of their cadres, but I think they're targeting people my age and younger, but actually they need to revisit a particular generation of their youth leaguers who haven't matured at all. There's a conversation around the people who are likely to inherit the levers of power as far as the state is concerned and the party, and they continue to show themselves to not be ready. Stalin Dabeni is not a unique character in that her actions, I'm pretty sure, are not unique uh, to other members of the ANC, in that her actions, I'm pretty sure, would have could have easily happened to anyone else. They continue to undermine their own leadership, not understanding the gravity of the roles that they occupy, the importance and the value, and the importance of being seen to be behaving in a particular manner. I think my parting shots are that, is that after COVID-19, may their lessons, particularly around leadership, be taken on and dealt with and dissected thoroughly so we can have better leaders because our society deserves better. And that was Sidi Madia, News 24 senior politics reporter, giving us more insight into the Stella saga. Following the suspension of Ndabini Abrams, the EFF has opened a case against the communications minister for allegedly contravening the lockdown regulation and investigating officers are looking into the case. The Story is a weekly podcast by News24. It is hosted by me, Rian Hrobla, and produced by Nokotula Manyati. For this and other stories, go to news24.com.